Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Lift Effect podcast. I'm your host, Carl Keller, and beside me, or actually on the other side of the screen, is my <laughs> dear friend, Matt McNeil. Buddy, here we go again. It's here we another are. Another day. It's another, another day. episode. Another podcast. More shenanigans. And they keep, yes, and they keep rolling. <laughs> and as we were just in the in our pre warm up, we were saying so much buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God oh, for the Lord. edit button. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I swear. You know, one of these days we might do uh, something live, but <laughs> thank God for uh, pre-recorded sometimes because uh, yeah. every now and then we get a little carried away. But yeah. um, getting to the end of the week, buddy. <sighs> I know. Look at that. They didn't even generate a re response other than I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. I know. It's just pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, just... Catatonic, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my lord. Here we are. Um, I have I have a feeling it's going to be one of those one of those kind of podcasts. Yeah. Um, Aren't you so happy but, you showed up to listen, everybody? It's so great. Yes. This is what this like, is what, what you're listening to while you're driving. <laughs> oh my god. This is the crap we have to. Okay. Yeah. But um, you know, uh, on that note, uh, as we tell everybody on every every uh, episode to please send in their comments at. Uh, podcast at lifteffect.com we have received quite a few but there's one podcast uh, episode that seems to have generated a tremendous amount of comments mm -hmm. and we're going to kind of lump them together today in a big picture and and matt is just going to kind of run with it but we had one on our marriage uh, podcast episode. We generated a tremendous amount of comments, and they still keep coming in. And we wanted to kind of just talk about it in general because there's a common theme that seems to be running through them, and about uh, you know struggling with um, uh, uh, intimacy, um, how to deal with uh, relationships that are are I don't know if not broken, fractured, and and struggling. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to kind of just open the door and just say, hey, uh, go a little bit on those because it, it, those were different variations. I mean, they, but it, they all seem to really um, focus on those two uh, among all of the others out there. Those were the two that seemed to have the most um, comments. Yeah. And I wanted to just kind of open it up and let you take it from there. Uh, the, it. This is something that uh, obviously we all struggle with, regardless of whether we're a pilot or uh, or just a just basically an everyday, you know, common laborer. We we all marriage is a challenge, and nobody gets it right. Mm -hmm. You know, so what it, what's what are what are your thoughts on how to deal with intimacy or 
when you're losing intimacy and struggling with it after you, it's kind of like you had it and now you don't and, and you're kind of lost. Yeah. What are your thoughts? That's like such a massive question. Uh, it is. It, I, aren't, I'm not even so sure where to start. I mean, I can tell you one of the things that I got a lot of questions about uh, was A, what is the divorce rate among pilots? Um, the divorce rate, it, it and I will say, there. I don't know of any study that's been done and I did a little bit of research. I couldn't really find a whole lot on this, but divorce rates uh, among pilots, we know in our industry it's high. I think it's just high in, in general, the divorce rate is high. It's somewhere around 40 to 50%, depending on some factors, which we can talk about. But we know in our industry, it, you know, there's that joke, you're not a pilot unless you're divorced two or three times uh, and you married a flight attendant at some point. That's kind of like, you know, or the... the it, they used to call it, it's, it's crude and crass, but they called it, you know, AIDS, airline inflicted divorce syndrome. There's a lot of divorce. And I think there's some pretty obvious reasons why that is. Displacement, being gone. Loneliness, lack of connection, lack of proximity. These things lead to divorces and, and relationships need to be nurtured. That's the one thing that that is, you know, the, the research shows that if you don't nurture a relationship, it tends to, uh, it, you know, just goes on autopilot and then it can stagnate because life happens and people grow in different at, at different rates. And if you're not attending to that, it, it can start to get out of control. But I mean, if we just look at divorce rates in general, um, so demographic groups, there's different divorce rates, region of the country. The, there's lots of different ways of subcategorizing what is the rate of, of divorce. So, but one of the things that, so that was what a big question was, what are the divorce rates? And then the other was, I got a lot of questions about, does monogamy work? You know, let's talk about what monogamy is. So monogamy for people that don't know, which I think most people do, but some people might not really understand what that means, but... It's a type of relationship where an individual has only one partner at a time. And whether it works, it, it varies on many factors, including the specific individuals involved, what their values are, the dynamics of their relationship. It's, and it's monogamy is, is a, it's practice. It's a widely practiced form of relationship in many cultures, including ours, which is why we have something called marriage. And it can be very successful and fulfilling for many people. It um, it provides people with a roadmap or a framework for trust, for commitment, for emotional intimacy. And it involves a, a level of connection and stability and support. And so that's why I think there's this idea about monogamy. And the question is, you know, People framed in this, does monogamy work? Are we biologically driven to be monogamous? Because if we are, why is there so much cheating? Well, well can I ask you a question yeah. on monogamy? We always talk about it in, when, whenever you hear it, it's, it's always talked about in terms of physical sex, sexual. Mm -hmm. But can you be, uh, you made a comment that, that triggered something. What about being emotionally monogamous. Right. So in other words, you're connected emotionally to someone else for whatever reason, mm -hmm. even though you're maybe physically with one person. Right. I mean, because everybody always looks at it just in the physical, but to me, emotionally monogamous 
can be even uh, can be just as challenging. I you know, what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a lot of times couples, you know, will they'll they'll come and they'll seek therapy because they're you know they're saying this person is emotionally cheating. Um, and sometimes, you know, one will say there, no, there is no emotional cheating, uh, but emotional cheating is, is just a term used to describe a situation where one partner that's in a committed relationship develops a strong emotional connection, uh, or, or intimacy with someone outside of the relationship, which c can be considered a breach of trust and emotional infidelity and emotional cheating. So what does that look like? So how do you determine, well, what's emotional cheating and what's not? So people say, well, no, I just have a really good friendship with this person. Well, emotional cheating, I, as I would define it, and I think as you know, the, the, the theories of relationship uh, defines it, is when you're sharing like intimate thoughts, feelings, personal details with someone other than a partner, and it involves, it can involve romantic or, or sexual sort of innuendic undertones. Um, and so while there may not be physical or sexual involvement, emotional infidelity can be highly damaging to a relationship. And it, and the, because the problem is, is that it erodes, uh, trust and it, it can break the bond between partners. It's important to establish what your boundaries are because people have different boundaries of what is acceptable and what is not. A lot of that is cultural, I'll say as well. Uh, different cultures have different levels of boundaries. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. It's just what's accepted within that culture. And so I think it's crucial for couples to have open and honest communication about what their expectations are and their boundaries regarding emotional connections outside of the relationship. Because communicating, trust, mutual respect, these things are just vital in in the ability to maintain a healthy and, and a you know a relationship that's actually gives you some fulfillment. So, okay, so back to where we were at, like emotional che cheating, I think it is a real thing. I think it's the boundaries of it are how you define it. Now, physical cheating, there's that's a real thing. What, what are the boundaries of it? I mean, I think you can come up with that. We don't need to get into to what that is, but if you're having, you know, physical intimacy with somebody else that is considered cheating and people do it people do it all the time and so this let's get back to this idea is is does monogamy work because it's widely practiced but monogamy is not the only valid or successful model of relationships some individuals find that other forms of relationship like polygamy or open relationships work better for them what matters most is that the relationship structure aligns with the needs, the desires, and most importantly, the values of the people involved and that there's clear, as a, as a crystal clear communication and, and consent around what that is. So people say, does it, can it work? I think in, from, in my experience, and look, we've got a, a therapist at Lift Effect that I brought on that's a marriage and family therapist because he really specializes in that. I, you know, I do marriage counseling, but not a lot, and I don't typically do it. I, I send that out to 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 Brian. In my experience, 
those relation those kinds of relationships don't work. They can. I have seen them work, but it it usually does not. In my experience, it does not work because both sides are not totally uh, invested in that model. Usually somebody's sort of more being pulled into that model of an open relationship where somebody wants more commitment, the other person doesn't. And the problem with that that I've seen is where they try to make that work is at some point somebody feels like they're being pushed out. And so it typically, in my experience, doesn't work. Not to say it it, it can't, because it can. And I, I have seen some situations where it does work. It's just that's the arrangement. That's how they how they do it. Uh, but most of the time, and I think it's hard too, is if, if you started in a committed relationship and then you want to move into an open relationship, that uh, does not seem to work. Now, there's a, a very famous couples therapist named Esther Perel. And she's, I think she's got a podcast on the internet. She's written a couple of books. One of her books is called Mating in Captivity. Uh, and she really exp you know, explores this idea of intimacy and does this work for us because the, the divorce rate is so freaking high. It's just, it's, it's crazy, crazy high. What are your thoughts, Carl? I, uh, it is high. Um, and I think part of it is our, um, we have so many more choices now than it used to be because of our mobility. Uh, you know, 200 years ago, you were lucky if you met one or two people in your life that, that you connected with. And most of the time, a lot of, t or I should say a lot of times marriage or, or families were created out of necessity. So you're the, you were the only one available. It didn't make a difference whether you were or weren't compatible. Mm -hmm. Now, and and I guess the the thing is, there are so many people in the world. For somebody to say, and this is my opinion, it's worth the plug nickel that I, that I, that it, that you pay for it, <laughs> is that um, if you meet enough people, you're gonna. Uh, people say, "Oh, well, there's only one person I could ever love and fall in love with." There are multiple people out in the world. There's mm -hmm. just so many people that have very similar personalities and stuff. The the key is to be comfortable and um, satisfied with what you have, instead of constantly looking. The perfect person doesn't exist, yeah. and and I think people sit there and they have this expectation, and when when they don't when the, their their mate doesn't live up to all of them and they meet someone else that has a piece that they're missing or that they want all of a sudden now they gravitate and say hey oh this is the this is the piece i've been missing in my life that i wish my mate had yeah and um and i think that that we have unreasonable expectations at times um, you know there's that's a, just my opinion. I, I totally i totally agree with you and that is an issue there's a wonderful book that um one of my clients actually sent me and it just showed up we we send each other books all the time he's a big book reader and so we are we're always sort of just amazoning each other thank god you're each not. other books yeah you're right not. exactly <laughs> um, but he sent me this steven thank you for this buddy um uh i just love it and, and it's called it's a book called dedicated uh, by a guy named Pete Davis. And the subtitle is The Case for Commitment in an Age of Infinite Browsing. And it's so true. I think we've gotten, because the, 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 the options are unlimited, 
we we feel that we we've got to always keep our options open and I, i'll talk to everybody i talk to i mean here's what i notice in my practice let's now let's get into this i like where this is going i have lots of clients that are dating and they're all using apps to date and now some of you are out there that uh will have good experiences i know people have gotten married on matt you know they they discovered their partner on match.com or whatever but and and you know you can make the case that well if they're talking to me they're unhappy right um <laughs> right but that's not true actually i'm, t- uh, I'm talking to you yeah, 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 well, i'm not sure what yeah, that yeah, says right. <laughs> right i think that's this misconception too about therapy is you're just um, got to be miserable to go to therapy you know, i've got a lot of clients especially for coaching that are just looking to keep improving they just want to or they want to you know it's just self-development um but I don't know of a single person that I'm working with that uses social media apps for dating and is happy with that. I I can't name a single client. They are effing miserable in that department. Um, and so let's break that down, right? What What's the chief complaint is that A, people misrepresent who they are. So, you know, you got the picture and the profile and then you go and you meet them and it's like, what, where is the person that you presented? This is nothing like the person that you presented Two is or it's a 20 year old picture, right? It's a 20 year old picture, which is what <laughs> yeah. people do. I know. It's like, but that like something that breaks my heart about that. Like you have to be so ashamed of who you are that you put up a fake, uh, an old picture because you're so ashamed like that, that like makes me want to cry. That's so, that's so painful. Um, but this, so that's the one complaint Two is the second complaint is that everybody's dating like 50 people. They're just, it's like, there's, they're going on like, you know, six dates a week, you know, different people. They're just, it's this constant open buffet of people. And the third complaint is, which I've observed this, I mean, I observed this watching in the flight deck and, you know, other people just, it's like. How in the hell do you determine who you like by swiping inside three seconds? Swipe, 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 swipe. Well, it's like we've 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 taken this idea of connection and brought it down into a soundbite. It's like how well, as, it's pathetic. Well, as a general rule, men are more visually oriented. Women are more content oriented, so to speak. Uh, uh, so I think from the swiping. From a man's perspective, he's looking who who, to, who to, looks visually appealing, and then they stop to find out a little bit more. I, I always used to say, uh, there's a saying: the the wrapping grabs your uh, attention, the contents of the box keeps it. You know, a pretty wrapped box that has nothing inside of it is 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 it's it's useless. But um, if you can get past the the visual aspects and look at what the person's inside of it, there are some beautiful souls out there that you know they're not. They're not. If if all you're looking as for is physical beauty, I you know there are rare exceptions where this doesn't hold true, and that is that as we age, our our, our external beauty starts to fade. Where yeah. our skin isn't as firm, and things <laughs> start to sag <laughs> and start to to go in places that you really didn't want. <laughs> so you know, and if that's all that's there, I think all of a sudden you're going, well, you're no longer attractive to me, or you're 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 too heavy. You're, you're and I think people can create reasons why they don't want to, just because they're no longer you no longer look like what you used to. 
and I'm talking about men now more than women, although I'm sure it happens with men women too. But I think that's a issue. And look, there's so many uh, things in our society that are pushing us to just keep our options open. And this is a mm-hmm. relentless sort of, you know, so, uh, just internet Facebook behavior, like scrolling. It's the, you know, the, the constant scroll. I mean, there was a, a great book uh, written by the guy that invented the scrolling thing for Facebook. Uh, near Ayes, I think his name is. Uh, but he wrote a book called Indistractable, I think. And, and it, you know... This stuff has really polluted our minds. It's it's polluted our social fabric in many respects. So, but okay, let's get back to so there's marriage issues. So, what are the marriage issues? We we talked about it before and people really connected with this because the response was huge. So, the things to look out for, I just use the Gottman framework, right? There's a lot of different frameworks of relationship, but but I I think I agree with it. The research agrees with it when there are patterns of criticism, of contempt, of defensiveness and of stonewalling that's called the four horsemen those are are indicators that there's a, a that there's improvements that need to be made to the relational dynamics and so one of the things so what do you do okay you got these issues sweeping them under the rug isn't going to make them get better and as everyone here can attest that's got these issues ignoring them does not change them and as, it makes them worse. It makes them worse. And here's one of the the, the problems that, that pilots suffer with is we get to go on the road. <laughs> so, right, we're like, ah, uh, well, can't deal with it, got to go. And so then we have these periods of absence, and then we can come back, and then we always have this eject button. Oh, I got a trip, got to go, can't, can't deal with this. And I think that's why the divorce rate is high, is just the proximity issue. Maybe there's something about our personalities that makes us avoidant of emotional stuff. Uh, we, we, you know, pilots say, I compartmentalize, I compartmentalize. Yeah, that's adaptive. There's good times. There's times where that's needed. Like when you're flying a cat too, I'd rather you be thinking about the cat too than thinking about your marriage. Um, but, you know, compartmentalizing all the time is foolish and emotionally unhealthy and vacant. And so it doesn't behoove you to do that. So you got these issues. So what do you do? Uh, like one is, awareness okay i have these issues step one huge great well i mean you can't if you don't know you're stalling you can't recover from a stall i mean so that is really important to just have the awareness secondly i wouldn't necessarily just especially if your relationship is already hot on you know it's it's unstable you can't really have these conversations without them leading to one of those four issues it might be good to get professional intervention on that and don't worry, you don't have to report relationship counseling to the FAA. They don't care about that. So just you have, you have nothing to lose um, by approaching that. And people avoid therapy because they say, well, I don't want to make it worse. That is like having an infection and saying, I don't want to go to the doctor because I don't want to make it worse. I mean, that's, I get the fear, but if it's brewing in there, you're just suffering and it doesn't just go away on its own. So you recognize that you have those issues and then maybe have a conversation around, Hey, I think that there's some things in our relationship that I would like to improve on with you. An essential element that of what, what the Gottman's talk about, they talk about this concept of uh, emotional bids. Emotional bids are small attempts for emotional connection and communication 
made by one partner to another. And th these bids can be verbal, they can be nonverbal, they can range from attempting to share a thought or a feeling or just a simple question. And what this what the research shows is that the way partners respond to each other's little bids significantly affects the quality of the relationship. So responding positively, you know, engaging with an emotional bid strengthens connection while like maybe ignoring or dismissing the bid can create distance and, and, you know, upheaval and pain in there. And so, um, building a culture of appreciation and fondness within a relationship is a huge factor in relationships being successful. When I work with a couple, I encourage them to regularly express genuinely, not fake, okay, but genuine admiration, a little bit of gratitude, just a little bit of affection for each other. And by, you know, cultivating some, some good interactions and really an understanding of, of what the other needs, you can create a strong foundation or repair a broken foundation uh, for a relationship that probably will be able to stand the test of time, you know. Um, that's just one little like little thing you can do. It doesn't have to be big, right? It's like, yeah, okay, coming home with the flowers and the chocolates and all this stuff that it's like that that's a huge act. Like start with just the small stuff, the micro stuff on a day to day with real authenticity. That's a good place to start. And one of the questions I ask couples when they come in is they they come in and they're ready to fight, right? It's like you do this, you do this. It's like World War Three, And I just let this thing, I let this thing erupt and I'll sit there and it's just lobbing grenades back and forth and back and forth. And and when I'm sort of done with it, when I've kind of had enough, um, I will tell them to shut up <laughs> nicely. And I will ask this really simple question. What brought you two together? Go back. Something brought you two together. There was some kind of... Tell me about the first time you felt that with each other. And it's amazing how like the states change, you know, because there's this recognition of like, okay, we're not all just this. We There was a place, there was something underneath that that was really good. And can we start from the place of good? And I'm not... It's not because I'm trying to put rainbows and unicorns around things uh you know put a bow on everything but it's like work from the emotional state of of gratitude and appreciation and of fulfillment to start to examine where the foundation starts started to crack versus let's start from the toilet <laughs> you know and try to work our way back <laughs> you know that that and so i think you can even do that in your own life if you're suffering in your relationship and you're you're like, God, should I stay or should I go? I don't, I don't know if I even love this person anymore. Well, go back and just reflect for a moment. Close your eyes and just change your state. What did I see when I first fell in love with this person? What, how, what was the look on my face? How did I breathe? How did I hold myself? And just breathe that in for a moment just to capture that, that emotional state. And then, and then start to work from a place of a little bit of appreciation, a little bit of gratitude for at least the foundation that was poured. 
as you start to examine what was built on top of it. Communication is so important with things. What happens now, because little gestures, little things like that are like, most of the time are very, like you say, they're, they're nonverbal. What about being able to express yourself when you don't even know how to do it anymore? Yeah. Where it's so awkward that you don't even know how to, 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 to start a conversation other than, you know, how's the weather? You know, the, the, the meaningless stuff, the, something that has a little bit of value to each other. How yeah. do you do that? So you start by being able to identify negative patterns, learning how to actively listen to one another, learning effective, adaptive uh, expression of emotions. These are some real basic, and this is this is where therapy works. Couples therapy works because what happens is you you get people together and you realize they can't they can't even listen they can't even hear each other and so you know what i'll ask is so you know one person will say something and i'll say to the other one what did what did what did he just say and they'll repeat back what they think and it's not even close <laughs> Right. And it was like, okay, hold on. Right. <laughs> Do that with your child. Yeah. You see, oh, totally. it happens right there. Yeah, exactly. What did I just say? <laughs> right. I mean, and, and, and so it's like, we've, we've gotten so blurred by our own emotional activation that we, 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 we don't even, re we don't even know how to listen correctly. And so being able to retune some of that, like, okay, let me just see if I can repeat what this person said. Now, not whether I agree with it, or whether it's right or wrong, but let me just see if I'm hearing what this person is saying. And then the other person, invitation to repair. Okay, well, well, didn't quite get it, say it again. Okay, now what did that person say, right? So it's like, it's just retuning the piano. It's like tuning a guitar string, right? It's out of it's out of tune. It's like wah, 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 because you get that resonant frequency, right? You're like, you got to start tuning it to get it to start to, to harmonize a little bit. In my case, you got to get new wires. <laughs> you get new wires, yeah. Well, sometimes you need new wires. Yeah, but I mean, no I, I think you start with like the bloody fundamentals. Everything is the fundies. It's all fundamentals. It's not the sexy delusional, you know, well, we've got to recommit our vows or go on a big vacation. It's like, you can't even listen. You can't even understand each other. <laughs> How is Acapulco going to help that? You know, um, it's like, that's, that's not, you need to start with just figuring out how do we listen? And then how do we manage our expression of emotions? Like you can learn some skills around how to do that. You can get some tools uh, for, for problem solving and for better negotiation. Two things that come to mind is, one, you have to be willing to make the effort. And the second one is, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. Because they get in, the, the conversations, if you want to call them that, arguments, disputes, become so defensive and confrontational because... You're trying, you've got to prove your point or you've got to show that you're right or that they're wrong. Um, all that does is close people down and, and instead of open up. Yeah. Uh, I think that, and I've, I've seen that in so many different venues that it's, uh, it's not about who's right. It's about, it, uh, I said with like my airline, it's not about who's right, it's what's right. 
and uh, and and take take that piece out and go. I want this to work. I want. I still. This means something to me. This has value. Um, and go from that perspective. Not then they have to see my way or they're wrong, and I'm going to show them why they're wrong. This right. that's that that is a recipe for uh, continuation of what you've got. Yep, I agree. Totally agree. Maybe that's just a couple things that people can start to implement in their in their their life and like i said on the last uh you know when we talked about this i said if if you want to go get counseling and your your partner doesn't want to say that's fine i'm going anyway and i'm going to go to a marriage counselor i'm going to be talking about our marriage and so i would think it might help if you're there but if you're not i under that's okay i can't force you to do something but i'm going to go do that and i'm going to work on the marriage I'll have to say it's the first time I've ever heard that. But it makes sense. It works. And look, it's not about trying to coerce somebody. I mean, it's like, no, I'm going to work on the marriage. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm I, that's what I'm going to do. And and since you're half of it, I hope that you're there. It, it it's yeah. It what does that say when somebody says, "No, I'm not I'm not working on this. It's all you. You got to do all the changing. It's not me." Um well, it take it a, mer- a a relationship is two people. Um, it doesn't mean one person doesn't have a lot more work to do than the other, but it's still two people. Um, a technique may be to say, you know, you're right, but I'd like you to be there to help me make those figure out what those changes are that need to be fixed. I, I agree. Know. It's a starting I, place. It's a starting place. And I've never been, and maybe who knows? I think we all probably could use some mm-hmm. fine tuning or a lot of or a lot of tuning. But um, I think the big half the battle is just getting where you're able to have common ground, whether it's by your the two of you by yourself or with the help of someone professionally uh, trained to do that. Because yeah. once that happens, and then you can start. Um, Fixing, healing, or conf- you know, it, building. sometimes some things. Yeah, yeah bu- you, the goal is to build, mm-hmm. but sometimes some things aren't, cannot be rebuilt, and at that point, for the health of both p- individuals involved, decisions need to be made at that point. I would think. You, I mean, if if it's if neither one of you feels like this can be rebuilt, staying together in something that's unhealthy is just going to make you unhealthier. It's put stress on you. It's going to affect your your mental well-being. Um, the goal is hopefully to fix it, but you know, by the divorce rate, I don't know. People are either in a whole bunch of unfixable and relationships that really weren't that strong to begin with, or they've quit before they were really ready. People, I think the divorce rate's high because people just quit. You know, they just like, ah. I'm a guy. I remember once I was sitting in a bar in new york and there was a guy having a a uh i don't know bachelor i don't know if it was a bachelor party or something i don't know and him saying i was sitting there and i was listening to him the 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 groom to be uh talking to his best friend and these guys were kind of d-bags honestly they they just were you know and i just thought oh that's a recipe but his he goes, man, how much is the marriage going to cost you? And the guy looks at him and he's not jokingly. He goes, it's going to be expensive, but it's probably not going to be as expensive as the divorce. 
Wow. And I just thought, like, why bother with getting married if that's your attitude? What's the point of that? And so we get into whole prenups and we, you know, we can talk about that. I got some questions about prenuptial agreements and, um, and, and ways to navigate that. That's another, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, there are ways to navigate that successfully. There's ways to destroy that very quickly. Um, destroy your relationship with that. So you got to be, you know, tactful and careful. And I understand prenups and I understand why people do them. Um, I'm not against them. Uh, but there's a there's a, a way to do that tactfully, and there's a way to do that really, you know, disgracefully. Um, but you know, but it's like that attitude. It's like, what? Why would you bother getting married? Is it societal pressure? Mm-hmm. It's what you're supposed to do. It's so you you look good or you appease somebody else, or you know, I think you really got to look in the mirror and have a conversation. I don't think everybody should be married. I don't. No. When I hear the the term, I hear people say. Well, if it doesn't work out, we can just go our separate ways. I'm going, dude, you're already halfway out the door. Yeah. With, you know, you've already kind of set the stage for it. So the first time things get rough, a rough pass, and it will happen, you're already going to go, hey, well, it just isn't going to work. You yeah, know, you I think I'll way, just I'll do something mind. else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess if you both feel mindset. that way, if you both feel that way, that's fine. I mean, you then know. why'd you get married? Right. But- you know, and but then there's the other side where it's like people are just like, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay, no matter what. And it's just a, it's just a hopeless situation, you know, where it's like, so you want to, you just want to be unhappy, you just want to yeah. torture yourself, and then, and then set a shitty example for your kids, kids, you, you know. Yes. I mean, so it's like, you know, this when do you, when do you stay, when do you go? I think that's where, th- where therapy really is useful in coming to terms with that and there is a way to uncouple they call it conscious uncoupling and it's a big you know people kind of laugh at it but it's real i mean there is a way to do that successfully and tactfully and then there's a way to do that horribly and you know the worst thing i see is where people just are going to fight it out and they're going to lose all their money to the attorneys because they can't come to an agreement that's the only real winner right there the attorney, well, yeah, the lawyers are happy to take everything and they will, if you can't work it out, uh, you know, I've seen people take all of their money and literally give it to the lawyers. So they both end up with nothing and the attorneys end up with everything. It's like, it's just, uh, just because they can't get out of their own ego, can't get out of the way. It's just crazy. It's craziness. It's just, and it leads to such unhappiness and depression and anxiety and 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 you know time is 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 a limiting resource here got to use it wisely if you were to to boil us all down like we always do it just about the end of every podcast to one thing what would be the one thing that would help when you're when you're in a situation like this the most what would you what would you what would you recommend based on the, everything Focus you've seen and done? Focus on enhancing your communication. Do f- foster more emotional connection with those little bids, little bids, just little things. Um, and manage your conflict constructively. That's where getting help, immediate you know, a mediator, a, a therapist, uh, can help. It's so work on the communication. Don't go for the big move. Go for the little moves of connection. Those little bids. It's just like little plus ones, little plus ones, little plus ones. 
Even it's just like making a cup of coffee for your partner or just giving them a kiss on the cheek before they leave or, or just holding their hand, reach across and hold their hand. Um, that can really be healing and really, really repairing for relationships. Uh, and if that other partner is not reciprocated, you really need to, you know, you need to go get help with that. And, you know, if you're sick, you're going to go to the doctor, hopefully. Um, why should it be any different if your relationship is, yeah. is suffering? It's not a sign of weakness. Nope. You know, we all need help, whether it's financial, medical, emotional. We can't fix everything ourselves. And sometimes somebody else can see things that neither one of us can see ourselves. Yeah. We've come to a close of another podcast. As always, please tell your friends, hit the like button, leave a review, send in comments, podcast at lifteffect.com. Yeah, just look at the look at the title of the of our podcast. There you go. There, <laughs> there you, go. you go. We thank you and we appreciate everything. Keep them coming. Until the next one, have a great day. Have a great week. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect, a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect podcast.